0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ignite Radio Live. Greg Solo here. So as I thought about tonight, I was really moved to do something quite radical. And what is that? To make it really raw and real. I'm going to randomly call friends whom I know, whom I know have thoughtful answers to the question, what is God saying to the world right now? So maybe even before I call them, ask yourself that question. How would you answer if somebody asked you, what is God saying to the world right now? So we're going to do that through the duration of this program. I'm glad you're along the ride for this reality experience we're going to have in the next hour of asking these wonderful souls what they think about this. And so let's go. The one and only Peter Range picking up the phone. You're live, man. You are live on air on the radio with a a good number of saints who are praying for you and united with you. So just give us a moment of rallying. And then I have a question, a random question to ask you. So what's going on in the life of Peter Range? What do we need to be attuned to?
1: Well, thanks so much, Greg. Really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, We're right in the middle of our 40 Days for Life campaign, 40daysforlife.com slash Toledo. It's 40 days of prayer and fasting and peaceful witness for the end of abortion. Uh, over the past six years we've had 40 moms now simply because mm. they showed up to pray uh, that have chosen life for their unborn children so just a firm believer in the power of prayer and we've seen that here in our local community this saturday we actually have on october 24th at 9 a.m a mass for life mm. with bishop thomas at saint catherine parish that's going to be followed by a eucharistic procession where we bring the author of life jesus mm. himself to capital care of toledo the last remaining abortion facility here in town. So we're really looking forward to, you know, just uh, gathering together. You know, there's been a lot of uh, protests and um, things going on in our nation, Um, but it's time we come together and we protest uh, for the sanctity and dignity of unborn children and their right to life as well.
0: That's so awesome. What time is that Mass, Peter?
1: Yeah, the Mass this Saturday, the 24th, is at 9 a.m. Again, it begins at St. Catherine Parish in Toledo, 4555 North Haven Avenue, uh, right in Toledo.
0: Really awesome. So I'm putting you on the spot here. If someone randomly called you and said, what is God saying to the world right now? And you had a few minutes or less, what would you say? <laughs>
1: well, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I would just say, repent and believe in the gospel. Mm. Um, you know, I think the Lord more than anything, especially when COVID-19 initially hit, and we weren't quite sure of everything going on. Uh, the message in my prayer that I was just Consistently, we're receiving was this call to repentance, a call to return back to Him, to trust in Him above Mm -hmm. all else. Don't trust in, and not that we don't listen to, but we don't trust ultimately in government officials or even ultimately in in church officials. That we ultimately need to trust foundationally Mm -hmm. in Him, His divine providence, His divine care. And so, you know that that verse that everyone keeps going back to. I think it's just so important for our nation right now. It's Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways that I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I think Mm -hmm. in my mind and heart, we need to repent for four really specific things in our nation. And that is first and foremost, the sin of abortion. Um, You know, we've aborted 60 million children now in our nation, 1973. um, And we just continue as a church, not to really want to speak out about it. And so we need to repent of the sin, which uh, cries out for justice every single day. Um, we see the nation still needing to repent uh, of, of racism mm-hmm. in our nation as well. We see the nation needing to repent of our greed, you know, too, too cared about, you know, how much money is in our bank accounts or how our 401ks are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately we need to repent of our idolatry. You know, we have put so many other gods before the one and true living God. Mm. So we need to repent of these sins as a nation and as individuals so that we can return to God, mm. seek his face, and be healed by his mighty hand.
0: Peter, you're awesome. And just that word for those who are listening right now, that word repent, it sounds so strong and dire. And certainly it, it is because God ultimately offers us intimacy with him forever and ever or choosing against it. At the end of the day, that's it. He, he reveals himself to us. He speaks to our deepest hearts made for him for that intimacy. And that word repent is simply to turn, like for us to recognize right now in the ways that you suggested, what are ways that uh, we are going against God. And those of us who maybe are believers, right, going to mass and pray in the rosary, but in the depths of our hearts, we're harboring an attitude, an inner Um, I don't know. Discord. So to any of you who are listening right now, just blessed to have Peter. So, So grateful that you took the call, Peter. But any of us, this is a message of hope that any of us who are experiencing any kind of discord, what an opportunity we have right now to hear God's voice say, recognize that discord. I didn't make you for Discord. I made you for my indwelling spirit. And in these areas, if we'd recognize them, he offers us so much greater intimacy. Peter, we support you. We love you. We pray for you. And we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. God bless you. Thanks so much for taking the time, you heroic hey, man. Baby. You. It was great to talk with you. Absolutely. God be with you. God bless you. Take care. Peace. Bye. Go back. Well, that was awesome. Let's see. Who else can I ask this question of that I know we're going to get a good answer from? Hmm. Let's try John Mark Grody, good man, coming home network, husband, father. He's been on uh, some of our programs in the past. Let's give him a call. Here we go. Hello? Hey, John Mark, Greg Schleter here. How are you? Good, Greg. How are you? Awesome. Now, I'm calling you because you're one of the few people whom I know is heroic enough to embrace this. We've got you live. The world is listening to you right now, John Mark. How's that for pressure? Um, before I ask oh, you, <laughs> before I ask you a big question, just for any of our listeners, yeah. tell us the need, Who you are? I already said husband, awesome husband, and father. Just tell us your work.
2: Sure. Um, well, as you said, husband, father, five kids. My work is the Coming Home Network International. My father's a pastor. Started about twenty-five years ago. We walk alongside and assist and pray for. Uh, and, and, and help those who are considering becoming Catholic, particularly people who are leaving, perhaps, you know, Protestant evangelical background, where they're giving mm-hmm. up a lot of their vocation, their, their ministry, uh, due to their theological conviction. So we, we embrace them as brothers and sisters in Christ when they're thinking about that journey, and then we walk with them, you know, as far as the Holy Spirit, they'll, <laughs> they'll walk with the Holy Spirit along that journey.
0: Truly awesome. And if people wanted to find out more about this, whether they are asking hard questions and not Catholic, but earnestly seeking truth, or speaking to those of you out there who want to be more edified in your Catholic faith, because let's face it, those who've, uh, who've, 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 uh, who are searchers, which should be all of us, uh, bring great clarity and wisdom to the faith that we already profess. So you may find some of those answers. And that website would be? That's
2: chnetwork.org. Yeah, and as you said, uh, I myself am evidence of that, Greg. I've spent my life hearing the stories of people who have made that journey, and they're so powerful. They have convicted me in my faith. Mm. I think even my fellow uh, lifelong Catholics, because I'm, so to speak, a lifelong Catholic, we came in when I was very young. Um, They'll be edified as well by those stories and that clarity.
0: That's awesome. So here's the big question, John Mark. Again, you're one of the few whom I know would heroically embrace and folks who are listening, you know, it says somewhere in Scripture, John Mark may know, always be ready to give witness to the reason for your hope, if somebody came up to you, we can't really plan these things, right? And so uh, I'm kind of putting folks on the spot, but I'm asking a big question that I think on the eve of a very big election, after some very difficult months this year, so if somebody randomly calls you John Mark and asked, <laughs> what is God saying to the world right now in a few minutes or less, what would you say?
2: I'm I'm really boring on this. Topic, Greg, and maybe I think maybe I'm just a simple soul when it comes to spiritual life because these I'm always simply brought back. Um, actually, especially in times when there's a lot of big, important, scary things happening out there, I'm just brought back to whether or not I'm being faithful to my the little vocations that God mm. has given me. You know, and I it, it's a difficult thing because I I think there is a tendency at times like these. To, to, to want to rush out there and be, and be so involved that we, we miss the things God's putting in front of us. But, mm-hmm. you know, the equation works like this. If we're faithful in the little things, then He will make use of us. He will give us the words and the actions and the opportunities to work the needed change uh, and so healing good. and holiness in the world uh, that He calls us to. But there's the, there's the battle here. That the fear of what's going on out there or the desire to be in the thick of it or all sorts of desires for many really good things can take us away from the simple faithfulness mm-hmm. that makes us ready for those moments. And so it's it's my personal struggle because I mm-hmm. have an issue with media. I, I tend to want to you know spend my days keeping right on top of what's going on out there. My struggle is to say, wait, there's a time for that research. There's a time for being informed. There's a time for, you know, getting ready to vote. That's, you know, important duty that we have, all that stuff. But the way for me to be ready for that moment is all the little moments leading up to it. All the moments with my children, all the family prayer, all the fidelity to my vocation, all that goes into being ready and virtuous for that, for those moments um, uh, when God really gives us an opportunity to change the world in our small way. So faithfulness in little things, that's, that's what at least the Lord is always speaking to me. It seems
0: like that is awesome. Thanks so much for that. I knew when the Lord put on my heart, this intuition that there's a gold rush out there. And he directed me to the John Mark mountains that I would, uh, I would find these, these very important piece of gold. And just to, to echo everybody who's listening, let's acknowledge the challenge. There are a lot of things that are competing for not just our attention, but our affection. And it's worthy of asking the question, who is, Did God entrust us to right in front of us? These little souls, certainly our spouse, are we really investing in them? Are we really recognizing the call to build the kingdom in good questions and conversations with them? And I know John Mark and his wife, Teresa, and their family are just really all about that. So God bless you, John Mark. Thank you so much for being with us. And my computer just crashed, but we did get you. So, so grateful to have John Mark on the phone with us. Let's see, whom else can we get here uh, yes, Paul Lori, a very good friend from days gone by. He is from Erie, Pennsylvania, a superstar photographer, philosopher, father, and husband, which uh, I'm going to surprise him right now and I'll have to say all this to him. But, anyways, Paul Lorai from Erie, PA. Greg. Hey. hey, Paul, how are you?
3: Well, how are you?
0: Awesome. You know, you're one of the very few men and women I know on the planet who are able to go live, to be heroic to put you on the spot and ask some hard questions. But before we do, for our awesome audience out there, you're an awesome husband and father, but give us a a short portrait of who is Paul Lorai.
3: Father of five, business owner. Uh, I am a portrait artist. I do uh, portraits of family, children, high school seniors, and... um, uh, I am uh, always uh, chipping away at a novel that I started 20 years ago.
0: Folks, pray for that. It is one of the Schleter's favorites. We are a literary family. i got to contextualize this a little bit. We love Tolkien. We love C.S. Lewis. We love The Greats. We love Roald Dahl. And um, our family was treated to Paul sharing the emergence of this Jimmy Wiggle series. The name has changed over time, but it is truly, I'm putting him on the spot here, but a remarkable work that you can expect to hear more from. But those who are listening right now, pray for it's coming in for a landing. Paul has this attribute of being a perfectionist, and I think, truthfully, he knows more than me. You know more than me, Paul, but we, we felt it was ready to go 10 years ago, but we know that that's, that's in the tumult of an artist's soul who needs to <laughs> who needs to know that right. themselves. So,
3: it's easy to get the plane off the ground, it's hard to land it.
0: So, Paul, if somebody randomly called you and asked the question, What is God saying to the world right now, in a few words or less, putting you on the spot? I know you can't imagine that happening. What would you say?
3: Uh, Wake up. Uh, (laughs) Times have never been more challenging uh, in the United States. I I really think this is even a bigger deal than the Civil War. Mm. Um, And uh, the stakes ultimately are uh, equally great, if not greater. Because how the U.S. goes, so goes much of the world. And uh, it's a real uh, gut-wrenching, soul-searching, nail-biting time. Because if things go the wrong way, uh, I I never thought we would see an age of martyrs. And I don't want to see an age of martyrs uh, in our country, but we are creeping ever I don't know if the creeping's right, we're galloping mm-hmm. ever closer to that.
0: That's powerful and incisive. And just if I you don't mind, I'm gonna kinda press to unpack it and give us permission to take our gloves off. Have you ever experienced such a fairly clear, contrasting incarnation in the respective parties of good and evil?
3: No, I think it's remarkably clear. Um, I guess what is astonishing to me is so many of my friends on the other side of the aisle, and I do call them friends, and I, I watch what they post and I read all their posts. I'm really trying so hard to understand, and they see it as good and evil as well.
4: except yeah.
3: we're the evil. So it's it's just fascinating, and they uh, they oftentimes accuse us of being impenetrable, of not listening to reason, and and I, I think we think the, the same of them. So it's, it's an, an unbelievable dynamic going on right now. And, and, and believe me, there are really wonderful, good mm-hmm. people that I love very Thank much you. that I yes. have profound agreements with.
0: Yeah, I, you know, Paul, just the past week even alone. Uh, with the emergence of the computer, the virtual blackout point number two, and then the actual censoring by Twitter and Facebook, whoever would have expected that regardless of what ideology or side one is on, can there not be agreement of the value of important things being attended to and seen?
3: I could not agree more. I remember you know, growing up with the, um, the Soviet Union always being the bad boys, and how the people had been uh, succumbed to uh, Pravda, and how mm. everything that they said was so much propaganda. Great analogy! Thought, oh my goodness, I how could that be? And I and I understand Pravda means truth, and I, I think it's so <laughs> ironic.
0: Wow! That
3: um, that what we're being fed uh, on a colossal scale is a, a mass information, and the the information is not being. Doled out in a fair way or an even handed way, it's very, very heavy handedly on one side of the scale and and it seems to me that the truth does not matter mm. that uh, the end justifies the means and any possible way to get you know our uh our man elected or our man and woman elected or you know uh, is justified mm. and it's um it's frightening because if they is no check and balance if Mm -hmm. there is no respect for law and order if there is no respect for truth as a common currency in our language and our dealings that will filter down into every aspect of our society Mm. to the point where um might makes right and power is the only value that everyone understands and power will be Uh, I suspect, used ubiquitously, I really feel like we're moving to a one-party system, uh, much like they've had in uh, Mexico for years, or how I understand Mexico.
0: So well put, Paul. And just to cap this off, so grateful you picked up the phone, but your, your two words really had a poignant effect, almost like Chesterton being asked the question, what's wrong with the world? And his two-word answer, I am. You responded so to the question, what is God saying to the world? You just said, wake up. And just for our listeners, I can say this about Paul, and we'll have to interview him some at some point, him and his beautiful wife, Gretchen. But um, he understands that that call to wake up has challenged him, in his own life, that he and his wife and his family in uh, perhaps drinking Kool-Aid of the times and various times throughout history had to attend to the goodness of God's truth. He himself, uh, we ourselves, folks, let's just be mindful, which of us don't need to wake up in what's most prominently in front of us. We've heard other interviews already tonight talk about, yes, we need to attend to the politics. We need to to be engaged in this world and in the conversation. Let's not lose sight, though, of the invitation for us to wake up to the gift that's around us, to be occasions of loving kindness, and yes, engage, as Paul says, friends of his who don't share, if you will, his political views, which, which tap what? an invitation to go deeper, to see you know, that they've been fashioned for Christ, and to find a way to affirm and validate that. So grateful to have you, uh, that you answered the phone, Paul. That's awesome. Please give our love to your awesome wife and your kids.
3: Thank you so much, Craig. Great to hear from
0: you. You too. We'll have to talk more later. Go Jimmy Wiggle. God bless. Okay. Well, God
3: bless. Bye Take bye. care.
0: So great to have Paul with us. Uh, just a dear friend. Um, which of us uh, uh, don't think of somebody in our life who has blessed us that maybe we should pick up the phone and call them. That's, that's exactly what I'm doing right here, just asking some questions with some people with whom I have been uh, formed with, refined with over time. Now let's see, whom else can I call? Let's call Dave Vacheries. He's got to have something important to say. He is the manager of Annunciation Radio, the, radio, the top dog. So let's give him a call here. Out of the blue... And see what the good man has to say. Hey, Greg. Hey, Dave. How are you?
5: I'm doing well, man. How you doing?
0: Awesome. Well, listen, you're one of the, the very few men and women on the planet whom I know are heroic enough to just be called out of the blue and to be put before thousands of people on live radio. <laughs> To uh, answer yeah, some questions, that's so good. I love it. I love to hear your delightful joy in your voice, and you're just one of those people that we really love and regard. So, before we ask this epic question, Dave, just tell us who you are, husband, father, and your your current position, what you're doing.
5: Yeah, I've been involved in radio, Catholic radio, for my whole adult life. Currently, the president of Annunciation Radio, Woo-hoo. and uh, more importantly, the the husband of Eileen, the <laughs> father of five, and the grandfather of. Mm. Five. So,
0: Super awesome. Love and life, live yes. Large. Wonderful. And all of you folks who are listening, I do believe that uh, there's a share coming up, and we're inviting you to just already, <laughs> already begin thinking and praying about how you're called to partner with this awesome mission of making God's love known and does our world not need it. Just my little plug so be attuned to Annunciation Radio. Whether you're near or far, you can find out that info, what, annunciation.com or something?
5: Annunciationradio.com, yeah.
0: Excellent. Let's get that plug in there. All right, so, David, if someone randomly called you, I don't know whom, and asked you this epic question, what is God saying to the world right now, in a few minutes or less, what would you say?
5: Yeah, I would say he spoke it a long time ago, but he continues to speak it, and what he says is Jesus. Mm. He's the final word. He's Mm. the only word. It's what it's all about and we cannot be distracted by other things. He continues, it's a, I know of all the words uh, that he's given us, um, it, it might seem too simple that God himself only speaks one, but he speaks one, mm. and it's Jesus. And um, if anything that we're doing draws us to Jesus, then I believe that's in God's plan for us. Mm. If anything that we're doing distracts us from Jesus, then it's not part of his plan, but the great thing is he allows for that and quickly brings us back as soon as we turn to him. Mm. And he makes it clear what Jesus does for us. He gives us peace. He gives us understanding. He gives us wisdom. And he also makes it clear what Jesus is not a part of. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a Mm. spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. And nothing in this world can distract us from that. Jesus is what God is saying.
0: Dave, thank you. And I have to say and be honest with all who are listening right now, I will just share. I am both inspired and encouraged, but also challenged because the name of Jesus in his power and the final word who made us, uh in in whose image we are made, and we our being is held in existence in Colossians, which of us don't need to reflect on the degree to which our souls are beholding Jesus, by our thought world, by our actions, by our social media world, the whole deal. Uh, I am guilty, hand in the air. And uh, the beauty of that, of what you say also is, if we have been distant from him, if there have been things, words, if you will, other than Jesus and the fabric of them, wow, we can turn back to him. We can uh, we can seek him and, and be that light uh, united with him and in him. Brother, a super awesome word. Thank you so much for picking up the call, man. You nailed it. Gold. Gold from Dave. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. That was amazing. Just, ah. Yes, we have uh, a lot of words that um, give us a portrait of the world around us, but Jesus is Lord. He's overall. He is Savior. He's already conquered. We don't need to labor for victory. It's this insight that we can labor from victory. And it's not so much about Getting to heaven, but getting heaven into us. Okay, we've had some really awesome testimonials from some brothers in answering the question. Let's see. Whom can I call out of the blue, who is a dynamic woman who has really impacted our lives and has something to say? Let's see here. Denise Swain. Let's give Denise a call. Okay, click the old call button and she'll be going through in a moment here. There we go. Come on, Denise. Be there. Hello? Denise, Greg Schleter, how are you doing? I'm
6: good. How are you?
0: <laughs> I hear that tentative <laughs> tone in your voice. But, yes, um,
6: I know. Sorry. <laughs>
0: every No, every time, every time I call... I can
6: only be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. I... Yeah, I inspire fear in people when they, they hear me because uh, they know I'm going to ask something or do something crazy that's off the wall. But, you know, Denise, you are one of the few people on the planet who are heroic enough to be before the, uh, an audience of thousands live. Oh, and, uh, okay. There we go. And, and to share your heart. And just we keep encouraging any who are listening, always be ready to give a reason, fear, hope. And uh, it's raw. I mean, there, there's no time to prepare. It's on the spot. Nope. And um, so first of all, before I ask you, Denise, an epic question, um, just give us a a bit of a portrait of the life of Denise Swain. Who are you besides awesome wife and mother of how many and grandmother? Just give us a Swain portrait.
6: Okay. Well, I've been married to Chuck Swain for almost 38 years. At the end of this month, we'll celebrate 38 years. Uh, We have seven living children. Mm. We have five in heaven. Um, we have five grandchildren and seven children.
0: So folks, Denise and her husband, Chuck, are some of our absolute favorite people in the world because they're honest and they're real pursuers of the heart of God. And I know you'll give us real in this question. If someone randomly called you, I don't know who that would be, and asked you, (laughs) what is God saying to the world right now in a few minutes or less? What would Denise say?
6: Well, I immediately go to St. John de Brebeuf and Companions. And when I think about um, when I started homeschooling so many years ago, I started reading about the saints that I never knew. And these men who went into very scary, um, you know, wilderness areas to face, uh, most of the time, very hostile Um people that were here first, mm-hmm. you know, but these black robes, as they were called, went into this wilderness um, to tell them about Christ, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's exactly what God is asking of us right mm-hmm. now. This world is, is scary. I think we all can agree there's a lot of things going on right now that we have never seen before mm-hmm. in our lifetimes. Some of the old-timers have seen this before. Um, maybe not in our country, <laughs> or fought wars against it. Mm. But I think we're in a war, you know? We're in a war between good and evil, and um, I want to be on the side of the saints.
0: Mm, so good.
6: And, you know, and sometimes we don't have to be skinned alive like they were, or burned, or, you know, uh, put into slavery, um, you know, with their fingernails pulled out and everything that those saints went through. But I think each day there's something going on that might pull out a fingernail out of our life, Mm. you know, and cause us pain um, and a little bit of suffering. And honestly, I think we have to ask ourselves, am I willing? Mm. Am I willing to take it? Am I willing to do it not for, you know, as much as I love my country, I love America, um, I love the freedoms, you know, that can only be given by God, I love all of that, but do I love my Creator enough to suffer for Him and to not be afraid? Because truly, I believe we're being called to be saints Mm. right now, Mm. today, right now.
0: Mm. Uh, Steve, uh, help me out. The speaker, author in the Patristics era, on Martyrdom, Steve Ray, not Steve Ray, is that the last name? Steve Ray, yeah, let's go with Steve Ray. Yeah,
4: when, when yeah he, I think so.
0: Yeah, when he spoke to Annunciation Radio, a gathered event a number of years ago, and he told some amazing stories of the early centuries of our church and the great price mm-hmm. that many paid to reveal their love, right? The uh, mm-hmm. martyrdom is the seedbed of the church, that self-sacrifice yeah. reveals God's glory. Um, He simply said, you know, parents and grandparents, you need to prepare your kids and grandkids for martyrdom. And it sounded Mm -hmm. a little bit radical, right? I mean, this is before this past year. And I think you now are speaking and echoing that same message. And it's not simply Mm -hmm. sort of an external Pelagian. You know, we accomplish this by just our iron will and our our Navy Mm -hmm. SEAL training-esque character that we might have apart from God but it is truly in the core of us turning to God and saying, God, I need you. You know, I, I need yeah. you to conquer these spaces in me that are selfish. I need you to, to make me aware of the times that I'm choosing comfort over the comforter. Yeah. And, and realize, let's face it, um, we're experiencing languishing interiorly, the degree to which we don't accept that truth. And I know that, that your beautiful witness woven into what you just shared is all that. And I'm in, I'm in alignment with you. Um, let me put you on the spot. There are a lot of parents right now and grandparents who are greatly lamenting children and grandchildren who were forged in the faith as best as they could and when they reached the age of reason and beyond, the culture around them took them, as it seems at least right now. Now, The final final verdict, we know, is in the heart and hands of God. But you've navigated a little bit of that. What has God prominently put in your heart and mind to speak to those looking for uh, encouragement and some uh, consolation?
6: Hope. Never lose your hope. Mm. Don't lose your joy. Don't let whatever your kiddos are throwing at you, your grandchildren. um, It's not about you, Mm. okay? And they're all on a journey of their own, okay? And you got to let them make that journey, Mm. you know? You can advise. You can share what little bit of wisdom you may have gained over the years. Love them, yes. That sounds very cliche. It's funny. It's either all about you or it ain't about you, mm. you know? And so God sends you these, these difficulties through your family members because they're given to you, and, and the situations and circumstances can either get you to heaven or not, mm. you know? So good. So you embrace those difficulties, and it will get you to heaven. God gave me my specific children for a reason. He didn't give them to you, he didn't give them to somebody else, and all their situations were given to me, and I can use that to get to heaven or not. Or the part, it ain't about you, whereas like, oh, woe is me, what if I would have, you know, done this, that, or the other thing, they wouldn't have turned out like this, or blah, 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 and we blame ourselves, you know, we let the culture bully us into thinking we were wrong for raising them Mm -hmm. such and such a way, forget about it. That part, it ain't about you. You know, so I think our egos get in the way and we think we have so much control. We have no control. Mm. You know, but that's a beautiful thing because that's called surrendering. It's called not, not waving a white flag going, I give up, you know, I'm a loser. Surrendering me is a beautiful thing. It's hard. It's so, so hard. But surrender to God's will, mm. no matter how messed up it looks to you right
0: now. Denise, you're awesome. You're heroic. Our love to you and Chuck and your amazing family. And thank you so much for picking up the phone and bringing it to us. God bless you. Beautiful job.
6: I love it. It's hard to keep truth and love and beauty and goodness to
0: yourself. Mm, thank you. You're awesome. God bless you guys. Take yeah. care. God Peace. bless
6: you. Uh-huh, bye. bye.
0: Wow. I, I never expected to mine this much gold by just calling friends. And asking them a hard question putting them on the spot and uh, as you hear the authenticity the 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 realism right the joy um, and God wants that vitality I think in our under our own roofs I mean they're they're risking sharing this before the masses knowing they're live on air and uh, which of us though aren't given this gift right now with those that you see in the very room with you or the car with you right now to maybe share you know what do we think God is saying uh, to the world right now? What is he saying to us? Maybe even more probing, right? What is he saying to me right now? How is he speaking to me? How am I being called to know his love and challenged to uh, accept, to repent, as Peter said earlier, to turn from certain ways? And awesome if we can uh, address that together and grow together. That was really awesome. We got to go for another example of feminine genius. Let's see, whom can we contact? Let's go for Liz Strang. Yes, mother of many wife and a newborn child so we'll see how this goes she's she's got to be at home we'll just check this out come on liz Craig and there she is Liz Strang
7: I got a new phone number.
0: Did you? Well, it's it's through uh, Google Voice, so it's not my actual home number. But yes, I'm glad you picked okay. up, Liz. You're amazing, yeah. and I have to say, as I've introduced this to many, uh, the few others whom I've interviewed, you're one of the few people on the planet whom I know are heroic enough to be called on the spot, live before thousands of people, <laughs> to share oh, Raleigh. Well, I know you've got a lot of thoughts here and uh, some very meaningful thoughts as a wife and mother. So before I ask you this epic question, you're obviously a wife and mother and newborn child recently. I think a few weeks ago, we may hear a little bit of contribution from the little one, which would be totally awesome. Give us a little bit of the Strang portrait. Who are the Strangs? And then I'll ask you the question.
7: Okay. Um, well, we and I have been married for 20 20- one years, I believe that's right. Awesome. And um, we have eight children. We just had little Max on September mm.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Give me the names. Give us the names, uh, oldest to youngest. And by the way, shout out to Hillsdale with your eldest sure. there with our son, John Ponies. Give us the names, oldest to youngest.
7: Sure, sure. Justin, Felicity, Alex, Lucy, Greta. William, Thomas, and
0: Max. Truly awesome. Folks, the Strangs are just a beautiful family working it out. Lee is a professor at the School of Law, Toledo. Um, We have been blessed to have them both on our radio program before. Lee, uh, Lee in a particular way, addressing some of the political realities. we got to get him on again to talk about this uh, recent appointment, praying for Amy Coney Barrett. By the way, this is not part of the question, but tell me that last week was not absolutely awesome.
7: Mm Mm-hmm yeah that was wonderful it was so it was so great seeing someone that trump nominated who my husband actually knows he's met her before at different conferences so it's just I, i just can't even explain how neat that is that she would be chosen We'd have someone as amazing as that
0: yeah um yeah, I thought I thought the whole experience put on center stage um, the the majesty and dignity of the Catholic faith in the most powerful mm-hmm. halls in the world that are uh, contrarian to our Catholic faith and somebody who did not back mm. down obviously articulated the relevance of one's particular faith to the Supreme Court um, position right. but did not back down in fact radiated all the more the delight and the joy of being a wife and a mother in these Catholic ideals and most I right. think ...walked away from that and, and saw uh, the beauty of the Catholic faith proclaimed in a way that I guess I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen in a, in a mainstream bright light in a long time. Um, quick right. note also, give us a shout out a little bit for this endeavor of yours and Lee's that we really share in this region right now called NOCA. What is NOCA?
7: Sure. Northwest Ohio Classical Academy is a Hillsdale College-affiliated... <laughs> Um, new K through 12 charter school mm-hmm. that opened last fall in Toledo. Um, we are about the 24th charter school um, affiliated with Hillsdale around the country. So we're just blessed um, that this was able to open here in Ohio and be a um, a source of just academic excellence mm-hmm. for our kids and so many other kids
0: in our area. So folks, if you're looking for a classical education that is all about forming you for your best as God made you to be, if you will, Mm -hmm. the glory of God as man, Mm -hmm. fully alive and and formation in what it means to be human in its fullest dimensionality, equipping you for excellence as you continue beyond then, uh, NOCA is a place to go, nocaacademy.com. All right, Liz, so here's the question. If somebody randomly called you and asked the question, "What is God saying to the world right now? What's in your heart?" In a few minutes or less, what would you say?
7: God is telling us Americans that we have a clear choice. I, I don't think it could be more clear this year. <laughs> mm. um, I think that you know God's telling us we have the courage to do what we know, what we know is right, and just to surround ourselves by other people who are also willing to stand up for the truth. Gosh, it's just such an important election. And mm-hmm. there's just so many things that um, I'm afraid are going to happen. It's just going to be a scary time if Trump doesn't get reelected. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just what's been on my mind constantly.
0: <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. Now, Liz, you, like I, live in a community of people who are really good people Um, who disagree with us and um, maybe even share, profess sharing common values. But somewhere in the mix of things, uh, issues such as personality or past indiscretions become major factors. And I want to ask you a hard question because I've really never asked anybody this question. I wonder if for many women in particular, they don't see Trump. He is the incarnation of the dad who is, you know, um, just crude and unkind and demeaning, much less maybe a boyfriend mm-hmm. or a husband. And the values that you and I hold close, the Catholic values that we hold close and we see at stake in this election, they're over overshadowed by this strong, visceral negative reaction to Trump. Number one, do you see that or intuit that? And number two, mm-hmm. how do you respond to somebody who might be in that place, who recognizes the common values, but They're just, you know, viscerally, they just can't bring themselves to support this Mm. candidate.
7: Gosh, that's a good point, Greg. You know, I guess from the very beginning, back in um, the summer of 2015, when I saw Trump coming down the escalator, I was on board. I just saw him as a man that was um, powerful, confident, assured of himself. Um, And he was pro-America. He just wanted to make America the best country it could be, which is what I wanted for my own family and for my kids and for their future. And, you know, that's a good point, though. Maybe I saw him because he was so strong and masculine. And that's what I'd grown up with as a family of farmers, Mm -hmm. um, good men in my life, you know, good role models, uncles, you know, I just didn't have any negative experiences with, you know, boyfriends or anything Mm -hmm. like that. People change, and that's—I was electing him to, um, you know, advance the better good for our country. Mm -hmm. But I can see how, you know, I guess some women—if if if you have a past—he could come across in a negative way. But the same at the same time, you know, we're Christian, and forgiveness is a great thing, and we want conversion Mm -hmm. (laughs) for people, Mm -hmm. Um, and. I think you know. I, I've heard people say that he was never—he—he he used to be pro-abortion back, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, how can you really trust that he's pro-life now? And and I say, well, isn't that what we want—is for them to convert? And mm-hmm. so, I think we just have to look at how he's con- how his conversion. I think over, especially over the last four years, I think he's—he's he's grown with the people that he surrounded himself by, and obviously electing. Um, Or, I mean, not nominating Judge Barrett Mm -hmm. is a great example of um, where his mind is and where his heart is. Yeah. Um,
0: I appreciate that. I do think there's a need for us to recognize, if you will, the primal wound that many— have experienced, Mm -hmm. and the degree to which it really overshadows logic or reason or relevance. And that's not disparaging. It's just kind of a factual thing Mm -hmm. that when we're dealing with issues of the unborn, religious liberty, really justice, dealing with race, dealing with some of these issues, um, look at those values and set aside the names. It's tough Mm -hmm. to do. It is very tough to do when you see invoke the names and it it maybe evokes that, that negativity. This stirs up in them moral wounds before God. And, and Trump becomes kind of iconic of maybe that worst self that they used to be and have. I don't know. I'm praying into that a lot. So I, I really respect.
7: Yeah, that's a good point. Right.
0: Thanks so much for your, for your time, Liz, your beautiful family. You guys Thank just you, radiate Greg. God's love and uh, just great job. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Greg. You have a great day.
0: You too. God bless. That was really cool. Just an honest, raw Unplugged answer from a beautiful wife and mother and, and somebody who's very deeply interested in the culture that we share here and sees it incarnate, God's voice incarnate in this election. By the way, we are called as Catholics to be participants, if you will, in this marketplace of ideas, to build the kingdom in the political realm, and we're called to evaluate that based upon godly values. Now, of course, she certainly tagged that with President Trump, and I leave it to you to discern. Since we're over uh, nonprofit radio airwaves, and we need to be, uh, you know, selective in invoking such connections, but I think all of us can kind of understand where those lines are leading. So let's see. You know, what we're going to call it right now. We're going to call her sister, Michaela Dietrich. They live side by side in the farm here in the toledo area and we're going to give her a call and um i'm sure she'll be amused that we uh hopefully she'll pick up but these sisters are really fun hello Michaela, greg schleter here how are you
8: good how are you greg
0: Michaela awesome you know what's kind of funny as we just got off the phone first of all um you're one of the few people I've been saying this to others I've been calling to tell you what's going down here one of the few on the planet whom I regard as so heroic is willing to pick up the phone and answer me just start there answer Greg because you know something crazy is always going to go down when you know Greg Schleter is calling you but to be live before thousands and to be asked some questions just in a raw form to share some important things. And we're doing this because we really want to encourage any of our listeners out there to have the conversation, to uh, engage when the opportunity arises as best as you can to trust in God. And so um, if you're game for it, first of all, I don't want to force you. Are you game for it?
8: Sure. I have a few minutes. The kids are kind of lunch
0: right now so awesome you
8: hear some screaming it's just my little kids
0: beautiful and we, we love little kids so by the way you're back to back with your beloved sister who's across the uh, little road there the dirt road on the i don't yes. know what you call it, the strang dietrich complex so it's it's really awesome so before i ask you the epic question michaela give us a portrait of the dietrichs you're a beautiful wife and mother but give us the dietrich portrait who are you people
8: Sure. My husband is Matt, and he is an endodontist in Toledo. We have seven kids. Our oldest is 15, down to almost two years old. And we reign from Iowa, Mm -hmm. and we moved here about five years ago. To be closer to my sister and her husband and family.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And by the way, Michaela did make her way through to the Rush Limbaugh show, I think a year or so ago, which was really, really cool. And I don't even remember the question, but I do remember it being very intelligent and eloquent. And I think Rush kept you on longer than anybody in history. Probably not, but he should have. I know it was quite a good conversation, as he should have. So I know that you'll nail this. So uh, Michaela, if someone randomly called you and asked, what is God saying to the world right now? In a few minutes or less, what would you say?
8: Sure. I would say that God is giving us this time to say, you have not seen anything yet. Mm. I feel like He is preparing us for miracles that we've never seen before. Mm. And I feel like um, talking to my neighbors who are fallen away Catholics or Protestants, we're all saying that it seems like we're living in biblical times, that Most of my neighbors are older than me. They're in their 60s. And, you know, they've never seen anything like this. Mm. And it's it's a calling on their heart that there's something bigger out there. And we need to prepare for it. Mm.
0: Mikhail, I absolutely love your heart. There have been different responses to this question. You're maybe number six or seven. And uh, I love the hope and I love the sense of purpose of why we're on this planet right now. Right, As Esther said, we're made for such a time as this. We're not just victims. We're called to be victorious. I hear all of that, like woven into your answer, that God unites us in his heart, the whole purpose of Holy Communion, to form Holy Community. I'm throwing out these words because they're just woven into me, but I hear you just proclaiming that, that yes, there's darkness and challenges and difficulty around us, but what an opportunity we have to shine the light and to be God's presence to others. What an awesome message. Thank you so much, Michaela, beautiful job. Very grateful for you and your family. All
8: right. Thank you, Greg. God bless. God
0: bless you. Take care. I'm just uh, really, really blessed right now that I took the initiative to uh, reach out to these brothers and sisters in Christ and to ask this question. I hope you're as edified as I am um, in their answers. A little different, all of them, but they all kind of share a common theme, don't they? I think, number one, just that God is with us, right? We're on the verge of entering into Advent. It seems a little odd, right? But we're really a little over a month away. We're going to enter into the season of exploring God with us. Think about that. Throughout history, prior to 2,000 years ago, they eagerly anticipated a Messiah, a Savior, somebody who would come into this world and liberate us, not simply from political forces and, and you know external fleeting, temporal tyranny, but interiorly that we are captive interiorly and the Savior is going to come announce to the prophets, Ezekiel, right? Our hardened hearts would be made soft. Jeremiah 31, 33, that he would write the law in our hearts. Joel, rend your hearts, not your garments. That this God was telling us that one day his spirit would be poured out and we'd live in this intimacy with him. And I hear Michaela just proclaiming this with such beautiful clarity and confidence. You know, can we live in this fullness right now, choose in spite of what's happening around us to claim God alive within us, to receive that grace, right? Overflowing. Yeah, it might result in some really difficult things. In fact, it's going to. It's it's gonna result in conflict. We can't look at a cross and think that anything less possibly is going to happen to us. But the power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and me. I mean, just absorb that. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you and me. We should move about our days with that mindfulness with everybody that we interact with, that God is a savior, he is going to accomplish, and that through us, he's gonna give us the words to say. He's gonna give us the arms to hug, right? He's gonna give us those thoughts and those attitudes that are gonna reach out to other people And be an occasion of transformation for them to encounter their best ideal self not a republican or a democrat or black or white right but at the heart of this that we've been made for an unsurpassed dignity in the eternal god through jesus christ what an incredibly awesome insight for us to uh to touch us today and proclaim through all of these different testimonials let's see here whom else can i call here we go. Joe Campo, superstar, producer, founder of Grassroots Films. Let's give him a holler and see if, he, uh, if he'll if he answer the phone. Click call. Come on, Joe. He'll be a great one to answer this. Love to call him out of the view. Hello? Joe, Greg Schleter, how are you? Good, Greg. Just got home. How are you? Very good. Do you have a few moments?
9: Of course, Greg.
0: You're awesome. Well, listen, you're one of the few people on the planet who's heroic enough to, number one, take a call from me, which is really awesome. That's uh, uh, commendable because you you never know what you're going to get. But to put you live before thousands of people, which I know you're used to as being the superstar producer that you are, but to put you on the spot, and I want to ask you an epic question, but I'm going to hold off for a second. Just give our listeners a quick snapshot. Who is Joe Campo?
9: Wouldn't it be better maybe if you just asked me a few questions?
0: (laughs) 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 Well, let's go. Okay, from uh, Brooklyn, New York, running a St. Francis home for some young men. That's really awesome, informing them to be godly men, connected to Father Benedict Grishel. Uh, God rest his soul, a beautiful brother we both know now up in the eternal realm. We hope and pray in his intercession for us. Uh, Youth 2000 involved with that movement. Some of our listeners know that you initiated that to me, and a powerful story behind that and um grassroots films uh, obviously a huge part of your life you're a photographer and filmmaker so folks check out grassroots films for some very moving and powerful films we'd like to get joe back here sometime and to maybe showcase one of these thinking outcast so i don't know is that a good snapshot that i do a good job for you
9: i think we, I, that's good i mean you say it better than me so
0: i dealt that but it's awesome to hear your voice so joe If someone happened to randomly call you, I don't know who that would be, your buddy Greg here, what is God saying to the world right now, in a few minutes or less, what would you say?
9: It's amazing that you would even ask me that question, because you'd be surprised how many people have called me and asked me that. Wow. And my answer has always been the same. The kingdom is at hand. Mm. The kingdom is at hand. It's Mm. obvious to me, and I think it's obvious to most of the world, that the question uh, is uh, of these times. Mm. Everything that's going on in the world today points to one thing and one thing only. Jesus Christ saves. If you look at the media, it's nothing but a toxic waste.
0: Mm. Talk about a swamp, right?
9: But I'm not surprised. Mm. And I don't know why all my friends are. (laughs) They, They said it was coming. Now that it's here, Mm. I I think maybe it's almost like, you know, (laughs) if you have a family member who's sick, and they're dying, and everybody knows it, and then the person dies, and everybody is shocked.
0: (laughs) You're so right on.
3: We saw it coming.
9: We saw it coming. Somebody had said to me, Joe, aren't you afraid of getting sick and dying? Mm. I said, no, I'm Catholic. I've been preparing to die my whole life. And now that it comes here... Listen, my mother taught me at a very early age, when God comes to get you, no one says no. Mm, Be ready. So good. Be, yeah, be prepared. Well, you know, I'm not afraid to get sick, and I'm in that age group where, uh, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. one of the guys who has to be careful, you know? I mean, I'm not, I'm using common sense, Greg, you know? Right. But, but But at the same time, you know, listen, if the saints said, what people are saying to me, they wouldn't be saints. Be careful. The saints weren't careful.
0: Mm, I love that. They were
9: courageous in these times. Courageous. And as Catholics were being called to be knights and to fight the good fight. I mean, Jesus specifically told uh, Sister Faustina to be like a knight and Mm. fight like a knight. Mm. I can't quote it exactly, but... That's what he said to her. And that resonated within my heart in these times. We have to fight like knights. We have to hold on to the faith. We have to do everything that we've been taught. Look, everything that the Catholic Church has taught us is the truth.
0: Joe, you're amazing. So blessed by your answer. I was going to press you to say what does get ready mean, but I think we can deduce from what you're saying is, of course, uh, attend our hearts, attune our hearts to Jesus. Repent. Be aware of the things that are separating us from him. Don't play games. You know, the, the bar okay. is so low that the church, the church's bar is so low that the world is tripping over it, and we maybe need to look and ask the question, are we really living what we profess, those of us who maybe even are faithful to the externals our whole lives? I know you well enough to know at the heart of what you're saying is, you know, d- do an accounting from God and, and come before him and seek the grace to see it and live it all the more fully. And uh, as you are, if you will, a father uh, over those young men, St. Francis home and such, um, it does mean looking to those whom God has entrusted us that we have power over versus the powerlessness, if you will, in the news that we have these people God has given us that are the occasion of forming souls before we cut, um, have to land this plane, if you will. um, Can you give us a sense of, I don't know, uh, a triumph story of what you see happening with the young men entrusted to you? The backgrounds are coming from, but some indication of how God is working in the witness of the young men entrusted to you
9: when you're put in charge of other people's souls whether you're a father whether you're a mentor you know one of the things that comes to mind is the word honor Mm. the young people that come through the saint francis house have no one to honor Mm. now god places honor on our hearts It's in the ten commandments honor thy father and thy mother when you have no one to honor is a piece of of your heart that's absolutely screaming to honor someone so Mm. the young men here are looking to honor Their father, they don't have one. Mm. Their God, they don't believe in one. So what happens? They honor other things. You honor honor sinful things. Yeah, you honor sinful things, you know, because you're going to honor no matter what. That's for men and that's for women. That's for boys and that's for girls, you know. And so what we need to do, I think, in these times that we're living in, is to, to, you know, like... Like, take an inventory. Are we honoring God the Father? Because if we're not, no one's going to honor you as a father or a
0: mother. Yeah. Joe, we got to land this, but you are amazing. I love your words, folks, just that we will honor God made us to honor. And if it's not directed toward him, he made us to honor him. We're going to honor other things. And if it's not him, we're going to be languishing. Joe, I love you, man. God bless you and all those whom you work with. Always great to to get your awesome words. You bless us. We'll be in touch soon.
9: Thank you, Greg. It's an honor. Thank you so much. God God
0: bless you. Have a great day. So glad that you are all with us on this program, Ignite Radio Live. Check us out at I ilovemyfamily.us. Join us in this journey of encountering God more fully alive in our marriages and families. And I just want to throw this out there again. If you really like what you're hearing, if you're moved, if it's touching you, um, please consider partnering with us. Go to massimpact.us. As we approach the end of this year, we really rely on your financial support, certainly your prayers, but your financial partnership helps us to continue, helps us to be that light and that encouragement to help marriages and families live fully what we're called to be. Thank you again. God bless you. Until next time.